Hello, you're listening to the Otaku Spirit Anime Cast. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined here with Chris. Yo. And we're from the OtakuSpirit.com website, where you can go for our news reviews, coverage of new adult anime, as well as our wonderful community in the form links to the top, social media links on the right side, and all that good stuff. But today we are doing a review for Attack on Titan, the Harsh Mistress of the City novel. There's two novels. Technically, I didn't read it. I listened to it. Because it's available to listen to. <laughs> uh, I got it from, or Chris got it from Audible. Yep. And I had a long trip, so I decided to listen to it. And I was actually pleasantly surprised. This is one that I've been kind of looking at for a long time. How long ago did you actually listen to it? Oh, god! So it's not going to be fresh like, in his mind. Yeah, I'm probably close to half a year ago. And Jeez. I mentioned it on one of our podcasts at some point. So hopefully you can still interject. <laughs> but it's still fresh in Andrew's mind. Uh, but yeah, I was watching this for a long time because I kept... Because what, what, what drew Andrew this, Chris... What drew Andrew to this particular book? What could you possibly think? A big old long drive? No. (laughs) (laughs) Renji Murata. Renji Murata did the artwork. Oh, okay, that's true. So every time I've seen the novel on, like, right stuff, I always go, oh my gosh, it's Renji Murata's artwork. I love it. There's this girl on the front of it. Her name's Rita, and she looks gorgeous. All the artwork looks great. And, yeah, so that kind of drew me. Of course, course we, you know, watched Attack on Titan. I'm currently all the way caught up on the uh, manga. Uh, So it was given that I was going to check this out because I have Renji Murata's artwork. I have the story that's from Attack on Titan. Um, Yeah, this one basically, if those don't know, Attack on Titan is, of course, about this, you know, this, this kingdom that is surrounded by this gigantic wall. There is these humongous Titan, uh, some that are, you know, as tall as, I don't know, 50 stories tall <laughs> they can be as short as you know nine feet but they're they're huge and they all they do is walk around and consume humans i think the colossal is 50 meters something like that so yeah. 150 feet and uh of course in the original story of attack on titan at some point mankind is reminded because this colossal titan shows up kicks through the wall and all the titans rush in well this is sort of taking place during that time span they kind of rush to get into the inner walls um, and this is, of course, following Rita, who is part of the, uh, the garrison soldiers, and she is trying to, uh, help evacuate the citizens, and at some point, uh, they close the gates, and she is kind of abandoned, she is left to have to take over the garrison, uh, soldiers, because she is the next in line to take over, and all their captains are dead, and it's kind of a two-part story, because you're following 
Rita, as he's trying to keep order on the citizens that are still there and that weren't able to evacuate into the inner walls. And it also follows her childhood friend, uh, Matthias, who is the son of a great merchant. And Matthias finds, uh, figures out that she is part of the garrison, of course, and she's still on the other side of the wall. And he wants to go rescue her, essentially. <laughs> and of course, Rita is there trying to take care of the citizens. And what kind of happens over these two novels is that you have uh, Rita is trying to keep order to the citizens. She's she's now having to deal with the uh, keeping order, uh, making decisions for the people. There's arguments between two different citizens, and she has to make uh, uh, judgments based off that. And this kind of over time progresses to her trying to figure out some way of keeping order because people are constantly trying to loot each other. They're attacking each other. Uh, they're, basically, their biggest enemy is not the Titans anymore. It's each other, so to speak. And, of course, like I said, Matthias on the other side is trying to... He ends up enlisting the help of some shady individuals in order to get over the wall and get to where Rita is. And that's pretty much where I'll leave it. And uh, it's a it's a cool story. I, I think my only issues that I really had with this entire story was Matthias. Didn't care for him at all. I thought his earlier purposes seem really kind of dumb. He didn't make any sense to me. Uh, it was one of those cases of like, okay, within the first couple chapters, you basically hear him say, I'm going to go over there and and take Rita back over here. And it's like, she's part of the military. She can't leave. Otherwise, she would be a deserter. And that would not be good. We're going to hide her away. <laughs> I, but I do I kind of understand the idea that he wants to protect her. I mean, they have some backstory to them. I thought it was pretty cute hearing their backstory. Um, but for the most part, I just really didn't care for Matthias, and I didn't care for his decision-making. My other big issue that I had with the story was really in the time jump that happens between the two novels. Towards the end of the first novel, you kind of have where they they come to head at each other, or they meet each other, so to speak, and uh, something happens. And then in the second novel, it opens up literally like six months later, I think it was. I don't remember. Something like I just, that. I just know that that point they say that it is six months since the fall of the wall. And so you can imagine it's either five months or six months. And I think that that, that jump comes – what comes with that jump is a huge change in how a certain character acts. And while they do kind of try to explain it with some flashbacks, I don't think it, it – it, and that does explain it. But at the same time, it's one of those things of – yeah, but I would have liked to have experienced those with the characters. Those are, those are, those are, we should have been going along with that journey. We wouldn't, really shouldn't have jumped forward and then backtrack. That's the part that is, that's kind of makes it a little shaky. Um, but in the end, it's like giving, putting aside my misgivings for that jump, putting aside my dislike for Matthias, I did enjoy taking the world of Attack on Titan and doing something pretty interesting with it. I did actually enjoy Rita's story. I thought it was a fantastic story. I think it really is one of those kind of, um, the best example I can give is kind of like a Walking Dead story where you have, um, things are kind of going to crap and how do you, how do you kind of make a society again within that crap <laughs> is the best way I can put it. And I thought it was a really interesting kind of way to, to take that. And I'm always interested in that kind of story. I, I That's partly why I like The Walking Dead, even though it constantly does other things I don't really like. That is the one few things that I do like. Like, 
what where are your social norms in this situation? What exactly is okay and not okay? Who has the right to say what's okay and what's not okay? And that's the kind of things that gets me really kind of intrigued going through the story. With with me, I I thought that it was it, it felt very much how to make a dictator, and I think that's how I kind of mentioned it to Andrew, and I thought that that was a wonderful aspect of this story that they explored. Unfortunately for me, I I got frustrated more along the lines of the Rita uh, Matias uh, kind of. Uh, they're kind of forced into roles. They're yeah, they're forced into roles. And those roles put them on a certain path. And that path was too rigid. It, it didn't allow for the nuance of uh, people and how, how they are when it comes to a person. A person is, can be rigid, but there is this aspect of sometimes they have to ha- allow a little bit of give and take. And I didn't see any any conflict, inner conflict. Let, let me put it that way. In those characters at yeah, all. Yeah, I think I think you put it really well when we were talking about it um, initially when I was telling you about my thoughts on the ending. And I really felt like it. You you put it as they they kind of lost their humanity, and I kind of agree with that. They did they didn't really feel human anymore at some point, and I think that's really. On one character's part, that is really one of those things that you'd kind of find as normal in Japanese writing. They like to have that character that kind of just loses uh, a certain part of them, and it, and it, while it doesn't, it's not something you can relate to. It is something that is kind of normal in the Japanese storytelling medium. So it's kind of one of those forgiving. For, you have to forgive it, or or it's going to ruin it for you. And so I think that's where I kind of went. Is I just kind of went, okay, yeah, I'll kind of go along with this, just because I kind of am a little intrigued by what it's kind of doing there, but. Yeah, going into that second book, it's like, are we really going to go this far? I understand that it makes sense for technically their laws, but would a character really go that far is really the question. So, yeah, I kind of, I kind of agree with that. But yeah, that's that's pretty much where I felt with it. It, it I thought it was a, a a fun story. I I thought that they they described the quote unquote action scenes per se. I it's hard I was when when you get into kind of written word and how uh uh action scenes work out, it's kind of hard to do that. And I thought that they actually did that pretty well. I think the the commentary towards the end was talking about the fact that it was written by a guy who uh does uh game design or something like that. I think that somebody had mentioned that at some point. But it, but yeah, I there was certain times where there were he was it was explaining something. It was kind of like I, my my mind is trying to struggle to figure out what the hell he's talking about. <laughs> but for that would maybe only happen maybe twice. And for the most part, they were really well described. I can actually picture them in my mind. Uh, scary as it is, driving down the freeway. But, <laughs> um, but it's yeah, a like lot the, easier the, when you're cleaning poop out of a out of a kennel. So. <laughs> Especially when I talk to talk, talk about the the Titans and what they throw up. <laughs> so that's what that was. Looks it, like. Was that in there? <laughs> yeah, I they, thought that was in the actual show, but okay. Yeah, when they are you joking? <laughs> no, I thought it was in the show, but but it might have been in the 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 the, the stories that, that they, I they heard explain it. at one point where uh, uh, Matthias first arrived at the location where they first fought. But no, I mean the the. Very long description about how that uh, that first cadet that was working alongside Rita had died at the very first part. Um, especially when she fir- when they first had the the looting happening and Rita was trying to 
uh, fight the the civilians to not loot or whatnot. It it was really really cool. I was actually picturing her doing this stuff, shooting the guy in the leg and jumping over this one point and pulling him up. I mean, all those things were just working really well in my mind. Maybe not completely uh, fully described, but enough that it doesn't slow it down and becomes too detailed, but enough to keep that. I I. I it's one of those fascinating things in writing action that I kind of was that you kind of think about every now and then is like how much detail do you put into a scene before it becomes slowed down because of it? Mm-hmm. You have to leave certain things out. You can't over-explain to keep that momentum of the action scenes going. And I felt he did pretty well in, in doing that, so it worked out for me. Yep. But I will I will once again mention my appreciation for Renji Murata. I do want to still go get the the novels just to buy them because it does have Renji Murata's artwork in there. But yeah, it was that was the only thing that I missed from listening to the audiobook. Is that is very true. Renji Murata is amazing. I love him. There's that scene where she's selling the drop. I think this is one of those one of those pictures that we had seen a long time ago, and we were like, "Is that Attack on Titan or something like that?" Yeah, and it was. But yeah, in the end, I think if you if you like Attack on Titan, I think this is definitely a cool little book to listen to or to read. I mean, you can get on Audible or you can do, you can actually buy the books. Um, if you like stories about you know socials kind of or so society's kind of breaking down and trying to build order, I think it's a cool uh, experiment into that. Um, not in kind of the realm of something like a, a undead situation or apocalyptic situation, but not with technically the apocalypse being too much in the way but just the characters being there. I think that's a really cool story story for that. So I I recommend it. um, But if you don't fall in those two lines, I think you're not going to get too much out of it. So um, take it as you will. Any closing thoughts? No, I I think that we've pretty much covered everything without doing a spoiler. So, all right. Um, But yeah, this is like the second of the uh, light novels and stuff that we've done. So if you guys enjoy these light novels and manga reviews, definitely let us know. Um, We appreciate you guys listening to us. We hope you guys enjoyed. And y'all take care. Os. Hey!